0: Now, here is Dr. Paula.
1: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in over 1,200 regions from literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes this week To our listeners around the world in the countries of China, the Russian Federation, and Canada, and in the states of New Jersey, Connecticut, and Minnesota. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit is a top ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening. And making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self. This connection gives you an inner foundation of love, which eliminates fear and helps you trust yourself. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today, limit your access to the news. Too much news can create fear, sadness, and depression. Minimize your exposure to things that you cannot change. Watching the news can be more upsetting than listening to it or reading it. Pay attention to your responses to the different media and get your news in the way that upsets you the least. Yes, stay informed, but don't dwell on it. According to the Gallup Share Care Wellbeing Index, people are unhappy in their jobs and their relationships and blame politics for their feelings of anxiety toward family and co-workers. We, however, are responsible for how we respond to upsetting news. Instead of placing blame or feeling helpless, many people are taking action. More on this in my silver lining story. The people who attended my Life After Divorce workshop were very pleased. Here are two of the notes I got. Keith Brown wrote, thank you so much, Paula. The seeds of empathy, compassion, and loving kindness which you planted in our hearts today will no doubt blossom with much positivity, and our lives will be changed going forward. And Kate Nelson wrote, it was beyond amazing. So glad I went. Next month, I decided to lighten up a bit. I'll be doing a play shop titled, More Fun less stress. There are basically two ways to de-stress. One is to learn how to let go of the stress, anxiety and pain. The other is to push it out with laughter, happiness and fun. You can't laugh and feel sad at the same time. It's physically impossible. It's summer. Let's rediscover the playful child within. We will meet on Saturday, June 16th at CSL Dallas, the Center for Spiritual Living. For details and registration, go to paulajoyce.com. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me for individual or group coaching or invite me to give a speech in your area or to present this workshop or another one like Creativity is Self-Expression or Overcoming Abuse. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our very special guest today today, Marianne Williamson, who will talk with us about spirituality and politics and her visit to Dallas on May 17th as part of her Love America tour in 2018. In last week's show, Dean Slater was funny while sharing so many good ideas on living with less fear. For instance, he encouraged people to do natural meditation. He doesn't want people to struggle to clear their mind. Thoughts are always present even the Buddha couldn't clear his mind of thoughts. Dean said, just notice the boundless okayness of everything as it is. Allow yourself to be pulled toward the peace and happiness that's already within you and always has been. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link on this page for previous shows on reducing fear listen to our shows on march 12 2015 with rabbi David stern and on november 3 2016 with reverend karen fry who will be with us again during the last segment of today's program And now you can add to the benefits of my show by following Marian Stephan's story in my blog. She's sharing with us how she's using the information in each episode to change her life. As she wrote in an up. Coming blog, Dean Slider says that our negative emotions are like monsters looming above us, full of hot air composed of our thoughts. I really feel that I have been unwillingly attracting and thus battling those monsters by dwelling on my past. To follow Marion's progress and my life coaching responses to her, go to my website, paulajoyce.com. Now it's time for my silver lining story. All of the discord, hatred, and injustice that's dominating our politics and infecting our nation is forcing people out of complacency. Like in the 60s and 70s, people are standing up and speaking out. They are turning their anger into righteous indignation and acting for the good of all. In 1963, I participated in the Poor People's March in Washington, D.C., and heard Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. deliver his I Have a Dream speech. On Monday, May 14th, the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival march in is beginning 40 days of action, including marches and other nonviolent activities. Again, I will be there. This time it's because of my daughter who works for a social justice organization. I'll be there for Mother's Day weekend and we'll go together to the march. I love the synchronicity of my being in D.C. on just the right day and the joy of being there with my daughter who is carrying on the important work of creating a better word for world for all people and working diligently in support of candidates who want a just and moral government. Our guest today, Marianne Williamson, is an internationally acclaimed author and lecturer. For the last 35 years, she has been one of America's most well-known public voices. Having been a popular guest on television programs such as Oprah, Larry King Live, Good Morning America, and Bill Maher, seven of her 12 published books have been New York Times bestsellers, and four of these were number one, the mega bestseller, A Return to Love is considered a must-read of the new spirituality. A paragraph from that book beginning, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Is considered an anthem for a contemporary generation of seekers. Marianne is active on her social media outlets and has more than 3.5 million followers. You can connect with her at Facebook. slash Williamson Marion at twitter.com slash M-A-R Williamson and at instagram.com slash M-A-R Williamson you're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit I'm your host Dr. Paula the Life Doctor if you want to get uplifting messages between shows please click on the link to like us on Facebook Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, go to my website, PaulaJoyce.com, to like us on Facebook. Then read about and register for my more fun, less stressed play shop at CSL Dallas, the Center for Spiritual spiritual living, or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, what are you going to do to stand up and make a difference in today's political climate? Due to Marianne's travel schedule, this upcoming segment is pre-recorded so we cannot take calls, but we'll be live afterwards with Reverend Karen Fry. so stay tuned. We'll be right back with our special guest, Marianne Williamson. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I'm so pleased to welcome Marianne Williamson to talk with us about her Love America Tour. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. uh, I'm I'm so grateful to have you on the show and and to be talking about such an important topic. Um, What... Why Love America? Um, why is that what you chose to focus
3: on this year? Well, clearly there's a lot of hatred and bitterness and fear and conflict in America. And I think we need to harness the power of a different conversation. I, I don't think that that hatred and that fear that so dominates our uh, public And our political dialogue today is a reflection of who we are in our hearts. I just think that who we are in our hearts has become too disconnected uh, from the political dialogue. So as a consequence, uh, we need to harness love for political and social purposes, the same way some people have harnessed fear. And every change in our lives comes with a different conversation. A different conversation in our head has to take place before there's change in our behavior. There has to be a different conversation in our culture and in our politics before there's a change in those things. So I've been very um, privileged in in my career for 35 years now to travel around the country and to be... Um, in many ways um, allowed uh, up close and personal to the things that people are really going through. Uh, what's really true for us as people, as men, as women, as children. And that's where I see our nobility. That's where I see our goodness. And um, anything I can do to contribute to the conversation that helps to harness that energy, that's what I want to do. I think that's what everybody, you know, I'm sure it's what you're doing. It's what you're doing, the way you described your, your show. Um, there is so much um no no matter where we are in the political spectrum both on the left on the right uh so many people realizing we have got to we have got to return to the angels of our better nature and pour that into our into our politics and our society it's um, dangerously off course in that sense right now
1: and and I love the way you're doing it. You know, I'm I'm a '60s kid, and I feel in some ways <clears throat> like I've been reactivated. I was in uh, the first all night teaching to the that created part of that movement to stop the Vietnam War. I was in Washington D.C. and heard Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speak. We. We spoke up, we stood up, as you're doing now, and said, this isn't who we are, this isn't what we want, Um, and this isn't what represents
3: the true um, feelings of all the people in America. Well, I'm the same generation you are. Um, I did not have the good fortune of, of being, actually, in, Wa- in Washington to hear Dr. King at the Mars. That's amazing that you were there. But I was definitely the tail end of that generation. I definitely uh, went to anti-war uh, protests. I remember well the day Bobby Kennedy died and so forth. And I think you're right that there is a reactivation. And it's kind of like keys on a piano. A first and a third, you know, in music, and I think that there is a real resonance between our generation and this young generation of Parkland students and so forth. Um, There is, uh, and if you look through American history, we move in cycles that way, and some generations are less interested in what's happening in the public domain, and then you have a few generations of that, and then generations rise up and go, wait, what the hell's going on here? And I think we're in one of those moments of, of, a, of a generation, and by that I mean all the adults at the time, um, rising up and saying, whoa, 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 wait, stop, stop, and, and putting this country back on course in the way other generations before us have done. Yes. And
1: and the way you talk about hate in politics, it's become uh, almost acceptable, not acceptable, but expected. It's like, oh, that's politics. How do we shift that? You talk about bringing in love. How do you bring in love into the political arena?
3: Well, we have to have a different conversation than the conversation that dominates politics right now. The conversation that po- dominates politics right now is a power game, and it's a power game that is um, dependent on uh, the financial leveraged uh, way wielded by those who have the money to to give donations. That's what we have become in this country. We become a system. If we're honest with ourselves, of a kind of legalized bribery, because especially since the um, Citizens United Supreme Court decision, so much money, so much corporate so many corporate dollars through PACs are able to just over influence um, our political process, that the voice of democracy itself, has been peripheralized now a lot of people just throw up their hands and say I don't want anything to do with that it's just a power game it's so toxic but I think what's happening in America today has proven that if you are disengaged from the process in a way that's a way of just conspiring with the process (laughs) So what we need to do is have our own conversation, the conversation that our founders had, the conversations that all the great generations of Americans have had, which is a deeper consideration of what democracy is, what democracy means to us, what our personal relationship to democracy needs to be, and in, in the understanding of our deeper understanding of democracy, comes a sense of our responsibility to it. You know, everybody talks about the rights that democracy gives us. We need to be talking also about the responsibility of a democracy. And that is the responsibility to be an aware citizen, to take part to vote, to rise up, and that is the only thing that is going to save this country. A, a kind of spiritual uprising in our hearts that leads to an uprising of citizenship and citizen activation. And through that, the the soul of the Republican Party will be restored. The soul of the Democratic Party will be restored. The soul of America will, will rise up and be restored. Otherwise, I think that um, sober and Um, serious people uh, realize that we are on a path that could lead to the dismantling of some of the things we find most precious in our country.
1: Uh, uh, Yes, I agree. And, And you talk about brotherhood and justice and unity. These are things that we don't hear much about. In, in recent days, we hear um, a, a lot of anger and a lot of, um, f- as you say, fear and hatred. But where is the talk of equality, of the things that were so important in, in the founding of this country and in the growth and
3: evolution and development of the country? Where it is is in our constitution. And the problem, because our, because our founders, as you just said, did talk about brotherhood and equality and justice. The problem, uh, and I think it's a, a, a serious problem, is how many Americans were not educated about American history, how many Americans were not educated about civics. You know, not every state in the country even teaches civics to their kids anymore. And I this is a terrible problem. If you're not raised as a child, understanding the Bill of Rights, understanding the first ten amendments, you don't know to be horrified when those rights are under assault. So I think one of the most important things that any um, uh, anyone can do right now form a book club, uh, read with your friends about the founding, read about the Constitution, read about abolition, read about the civil rights movement, read about the women's suffragette movement. You know there are are foundational principles that are in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And they are that all men are created equal and that the uh, God created all men with the inalienable rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that our government is to broker a balance between individual liberty and a concern for the common good, And that we would have religious freedom in this country so that people could be any religion or no religion, whatever they choose, with no governmental interference. And that basically the construct is e pluribus unum, out of many one, that in this country you can be whoever you want to be. And as long as you don't hurt anyone else, you can be whatever ethnicity, you can be whatever color, you can be whatever religion, you can be whatever sex. The problem, of course, is, you know, we had 41 signers of the Declaration of Independence who were themselves slave owners. So from the very beginning of our of our founding, we have been this dichotomy between these extraordinarily enlightened principles and the fact that often we ourselves have been the greatest transgressors against them. Slavery, genocide of Native Americans, oppression of women, gay people, and so forth. But if you look at the narrative of American history, you see that over time we tend to get it right. We tend to course correct. So we had slavery, but then we had abolition. We had oppression of women, then we had waves of feminism and the suffragette movement. We had institutionalized white supremacy and segregation in the American South, but then we had civil rights movement and on and on, a denial of rights to gay people, and then the gay rights movement and the marriage equality movement. So I think we need to see ourselves as as heirs to generations which in their time rose up and put America back on track when it was deviating from the principles on which we purport to stand. And one of those principles, by the way, is not only the ones I mentioned from the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, but also from the Gettysburg Address, when Lincoln said we were a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I think the great issue at our time is that we are no longer functioning as a government for the people we are more a government of the corporations by the corporations for the corporations of the of a few people by the few people and for a few people and our generation needs to rise up uh, in repudiation of what is essentially a, a reversion to an aristocratic archetype and return to the democratic principles on which we were founded
1: um I love the way you're saying all of this and you're talking about corporations reminds me that you've also said that you think we should have government that's more like family than a corporation. How how do you do that and why is it that you've used that
3: analogy? Well, you know, in the in the last few years and certainly with with the election of this president, there's a lot of talk about how uh, the U.S. government should be run like a business. I think that that's uh, a frightening concept and it has nothing to do with anything the founder said. This government should not be run like a business. This government should be run like a family. You put your children first. All of us have to make a living. Economics is important, money is important, but it's not more important than your children, it's not more important than your home. You run a family, first of all, the safety and the welfare of your children. That's the first thing you take care of. You make sure your, your children are okay. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you take care of your home. And at this point, we have to make sure that when we say taking care of our children, in order for us to have a sustainable future, this has to be more than just my children or your children. It has to also include children on the other side of town and the other side of the world. And when we think of our home, we have to not just think about our house or our apartment, but the earth itself Now, if you do that, I believe that the greatest untapped resource in America is in our kindergartens. You want your economy to be amazing 10 years from now? Take care of those who are 10 years old today. We now know, in a way, that people who wrote most of the laws in this country did not know, first of all, because most of them were men who were not home with their children, you know, because it was a different time. They were not up close and personal with the genius of little ones like women who are at home, you know, have. And also because they did not have the sociological evidence that we have today, the neurological evidence that we have today. We know how much goes on in the brain of a small child before the age of eight. So there should be a massive reinvestment of resources in our country in the direction of people eight years old and younger. So there are so many things that we can do to release the creative spirit inside people. And to me, that's the point of democracy. Unshackle people. Unshackle people from economic oppression. Unshackle people from lack of education. Unshackle people. These are chains that bind people. And then you release people. And look in any kindergarten. People want to be creative. People want to work. People want, you know, you take all these kids with these college loans, who would lo- this loan debt, who would love nothing more. Then to have $2,500 that they could start their own scene, their own website, they want to be capitalists. We're keeping them from getting into the game. So you want to release your economy, release your people, and and, and just watch what we will do. That's Americans. When When Americans are released to be who we are, we lay it down, and we have shown that throughout history. But if you continue to put all the material resources, the majority of material resources, in the hands of just a few Americans, then you end up with what we have, which is terrible wealth inequality and a few people who are in the game, and and if you're in the game, there is no greater country than America. But what's unsustainable today is that not enough people can get into the game.
1: Well, and what you're saying about education, as someone whose first career was in education, um, I, I so agree with you on the need for quality education and for giving our children not only the knowledge, but the values that they need in order to become creative and full-functioning adults who add to our economy and to the compassion and health and love in the world. And I'm wondering, with the role models in government who are showing us that bullying seems to be effective, fake news, corruption,
3: what are we teaching our children I couldn't agree with you more, and that's, uh, you, you're pointing to something which is also important, and that is that if we're, to really repair this country, it's got to be the government and the citizens. Um, not only do our schools need to um, have more resources so that they can teach not only science and math and technology but all, and engineering, but so that they can also get back to arts education and the cultural opportunities that we know make a fully functioning human being Our schools need to address social and emotional and psychological learning and trauma. We need to have um, uh, free uh, pre-K and, and, and continuing education after high school. But in addition to that, what you're saying is so true. We need more parenting. I think we have an, we have an epidemic of under-parenting in this country. Too many American parents um, need to retrieve the capacity to say, because I said so. Because I said so, no, you will not have your phone uh, with you at the dinner table. No, we will not have television on at dinner. We're going to talk to each other. No, you're not going to have your computer. We're actually going to talk at the dinner table tonight about what happened in the news and what you read in the newspaper today. Um, And teaching our children values and teaching our children character. We have been so... We have gotten so off course with with an ethical consideration of what it means to be a good man and a good woman. We are so We are so obsessed with how to be rich and famous and successful when we should be asking what is it to be good, what is it to be ethical, what is it to have character, and we need to be having that conversation with our children. Where do you think your children are going to get their values if you're not teaching them? And then, as you're saying, then you get enough parents and enough citizens who aren't having the conversation of what it means to be good that then we're okay with electing people who so clearly are not. And then, and then it's this vicious cycle because then that's what the children are growing up seeing. So I, I think we, it needs to start with like what you're saying and with your show, with an internal revolution of consciousness back to the things that are most important, what it means to be good, what it means to be a good neighbor, what it means to live an ethical life, and to just try our best. Can we just even know that that's what we should be doing rather than treating something like that as some quaint conversation that doesn't matter anymore? Uh, So I think that, you know, what I'm learning on on this tour is that most of us are thinking this way. It, the problem is not that Americans aren't good. I think Americans, especially with what's going on politically, I think Americans get, they like, wow, something's really off here. By the way, I've spoken to many Trump supporters who don't deny that, well, yeah, I mean, he's not exactly displaying <laughs> moral goodness, but they're just hoping that sort of doesn't matter because they like his policies, but I think that a lot of people are looking in their hearts and making a deep inquiry about how that works. You know, when you look at something like yesterday, the policy was announced to separate parents and their children uh, at at the border. Um, You know, I think we need to have a conversation about what is ethical and what is good, not only in terms of how we behave, but also in terms of how our government behaves. Absolutely,
1: and what it's doing to our hearts uh, as a nation. And you were talking about arts education before, and I do believe that's an important part of the answer because that taps into not just the creative but also the The heart, when you're truly in a creative mode, you're out of your mind, you're out of your brain, you're not in in a thinking mode, you're in a mode that connects to the spiritual realm and to your heart. And more of that, and in fact, children do better on their tests and in reading and in math and in their academics when they also have arts education. So it, it does create a fully r- full-rounded individual and one who might be less willing to say, well, I like the intellectual policy, but even though I don't like the values, that's what we're learning.
3: Everything that you just said is so important. And, and I, I want to dismantle this a little, or I want to dig deep into this a little bit. Everything that you just said about the importance of arts education is so profoundly important. And yet, everything that you just said has become a conversation that is not given serious consideration by our policymakers more people, and I do believe that many of them are women, who know in our hearts that what you just said is true, have got to start saying it more and more loudly and with no apology. That's what's happening in America. I'm hearing so many people talking just the way that you talked. But hatred is, is shouting in America. And a more enlightened perspective is whispering. Because we've been shouted down. And these more enlightened attitudes, such as you were just talking about, with the importance of arts and what it does in the development of character, in the development of power, in the development of creativity, which is then poured into every aspect of our lives, including our work, and how it expands our compassion and our sensitivity and our understanding – that's that's why you and I are on this program right now. That's why I'm I'm doing my tour. It's why we're all participating in this conversation that we know is true and that we simply realize we cannot allow to go unspoken in the public realm so thank you for you should you should have some um audio engineer take everything that you just said you know your whole little spiel just now <laughs> about arts education and cut and cut it right and make yeah. it um make it a uh, an ad a promo for your show i know uh many many people would uh, gain from listening to that Thank you.
1: I am looking for a new promo. I will follow Well, you. hello you. I think you just got it. <laughs> Thank you. I also want to pick up on what you were saying about women because I know more women are now running for office and and younger people are running for office. We what one of the things that's happening it's like what you were expressing before that out of some negative things, good things happen. And all that's going on is causing new blood
3: to come forward. Well, there's a line in the Bible that what man intends for evil, God intends for good. I think any of us who have ever been through a crisis in our lives uh, knows that when we do rise from the ashes of a of, of a, you know, a terrible time that sometimes we're better people on the other side of it. And I think that this country is going through obviously a crisis and I do think we are going to rise from it and I think we're going to be better people and a better country on the other side of it. This new blood is not, you know, what you were saying about young people is true. But don't count out those of us who are no longer young either. Um, I think <laughs> we're that young uh, and we need wisdom <laughs> as As much as we need, uh, you know, I I think every generation brings an equally important piece uh, to the table, just like every ethnic group does and every religion does and both sexes do. Um, So the more you, you know, the younger you are, the more you know about some things. And the older you are, the more you know about other things. So I think we need more younger people running for office. I think we need more older people running for office, too.
1: Absolutely, I love what you said, and we need to work together because we create a whole um, when we are able to have the energy of youth and the perspective of youth along with the wisdom of having lived a a life.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's... um... I think there's an equal, equality of importance there, no different than men and women, black and white and so forth. Uh, one is not better than the other, and I think it's important for us to remember that.
1: Thank you for for raising that and making it an important point because I agree with you 100%. And I, I wanted to just touch on the idea of fake news because, What do people? How do people
3: know what to believe now? Well, there's a difference between biased news and fake news. So you can read uh, any major newspaper in the United States. You're you're in Dallas, correct? So you can read the Dallas newspaper, New York Times, Washington Post, any major newspaper, uh, Wall Street Journal, anything. They have their biases. One might be more conservative. One might be more liberal. That's true. However. The major newspapers in the United States are not fake news. Even when they're somewhat biased or prejudiced, they're not fake news. And the fact that our president has chosen to project onto the the institution of journalism in the United States that anything that would criticize him is fake news is one of the deeply dangerous things things that is happening in our country i'm not trying to um in any way uh romanticize american journalism because i think they have become over the last few decades mainstream journalism in the united states for a lot of reasons has definitely become more about the ratings than about their deep journalistic responsibility but I also think that many of them realize the price we have paid and the part that they played in that. So right now, I think it's important uh, to realize there are some extraordinary journalists hap- uh, working throughout our country. Um, they are on television as well as in newspaper um, and it 's simply intellectually lazy to say i 'm not going to read the newspaper because I think it 's all just fake news. Fake news are stories planted out of a uh, out of some office in Macedonia about <laughs> pizza hut, gang raping, and child trafficking that, that was so obviously outrageous. So, you know, I, I think that it's, it's an intellectual cop-out to say, oh, I just don't know what to read because it's all fake news. Um, in, in any city you live in, um, you can read enough uh, to get a general sense of what's going on. And decide for yourself, I think that's a little biased to the left or to the right, but uh, that, uh, that doesn't mean it's fake. And um, uh, there are enough places in America to read. You know, I read every day. I read what Nicholas Kristof, for instance, has to say. I read what Fareed Zakaria has to say. Um, There are serious journalists in America, and let's uh, not pretend that there are not. Thank you so very much for
1: sharing with us your insights, your wisdom, your knowledge. I truly am grateful, and what a delight for me to be able to talk with you and have you on my show. I wish you all the best with the Love America Tour and your current mission and all the wonderful work that you do. Thank you, Mary Ann. Thank you very much as well, and I wish you all the same with your show. Thank you. And I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, learn more about Mary Ann's Love America Tour at maryanne.com and at LoveAmericaTour.com. For more information about Mary Ann's events and activities, please visit maryanne.com Also, you can live stream Mary Ann every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And the streams are available for 72 hours in case you can't make those specific times. You must register even though it's free. Be sure to register each week at MaryAnn.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Reverend Karen Fry from CSL Dallas, a Center for Spiritual Living to talk more about Marianne's Love America tour and her visit to Dallas as part of her Love America tour.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be.
2: Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. Now back to Uplift Your Life. Nourishment of the Spirit.
1: If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and remember to listen at the end of the show today to learn how Archangel Katrina Alehu can help you. And I'm so, so grateful to Marianne Williamson for coming on the show to share her powerful message. And now I want to welcome our returning guest, Reverend Karen from CSL Dallas. Karen, thank you for bringing Marianne Williamson to Dallas. What a great opportunity for our city.
4: Absolutely.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I'm wondering what inspired you to, to, to ask her to come and to take this on. It's quite an undertaking.
4: Well, um Marianne, of course, as you know, Paula, is such uh, an incredible force and calls us into our own um, our own leadership and our own life and beyond ourselves and We had an opportunity to take advantage of the majestic theater on the evening of May seventeenth in Dallas, Texas, so this could go well well beyond our community and our uh, CSL Dallas stands for uh, holding a vision for a world that works for everyone and a life that works for me. And and so this was an opportunity to go beyond our own community with the intention of bringing together people from um, uh, the Dallas Metroplex from all faiths, ethnicities, ages, backgrounds, perspectives. and And I know that... She is going to uh, inspire us to rise to the occasion with a fierce love and a fierce stand for unity and to rise to the occasion that we each are leaders in this movement called the United States of America. And so uh, Dallas, it's time for Dallas to feel the soul of Dallas because Dallas has a soul. And she spoke of that, the soul of America.
1: Uh, Well, I agree with you, and Dallas has shown itself to be a city and a community who knows how to take adversity and turn it around and really to show the best of who we are. We did that. We've been called to do that, unfortunately, more than once, and we keep doing it and and are now becoming leaders for, uh, for the country and the world for how to turn adversity into love and goodness, and creating positive, healthy community.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah i was I was recently uh, Marianne came recently uh, to Dallas a few weeks ago to help support a candidate. Uh, she she is choosing uh, candidates that are significant uh, in the next election, and I will say that that in that she talked about how like. A revolution has already begun, and the only question is whether it's going to be a revolution of war or a revolution of fear. And so um, I stand for, I've been doing the personal spiritual practice to be love every single day for over 10 years. And I know that love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. And so we can choose to be a proactive participant in the revolution of love, as she talked about when I heard her speak, or we can be at the effect of a revolution of fear, and and I want for the city of Dallas and for our country to be this powerful cosmic force who sweep as irresistible as this love America, and um, what she is doing is so significant for all of us. I'm so grateful that she is um, having this beer topic this year, and I did not want Dallas to miss out on it, because... Um, we believe at CSL Dallas that uh, consciousness is causal. And so I know that whoever's in the Majestic Theater on May 17th, because it's live, you're not going to be able to see it otherwise, that, um, that each of us are going to be called into the leadership for our own life, for our own families, for our, for our schools, for our communities, for our city, and for our country. Because I do not want to be at the effect of fear. I want to be causal in love.
1: What you say is so powerful, and love is always stronger than fear, and I believe all comes back to love, even if we take a detour into fear. (laughs) Eventually, it all comes back to love. And you're bringing Marianne uh, Williams here as part of her Love America tour is a statement about that. Tell us how to get tickets. I know I've got mine, and I can't wait. Wait to be present in person to hear her on May 17th. How can other people do the same?
4: So uh, you can easily find out about it and get, and then there's the link to the Ticketmaster. Uh, they're sold through Ticketmaster, and you can go to our website. It's CSL, as in Center for Spiritual Living, Dallas.org. It's right on our home page. You can't miss it. You click on that, you'll get the information, and that will take you to the ticket link. The, there is not a bad seat in the house of the Majestic Theater. Um, as we're speaking right now, I'm really surprised some of the best seats in the house um, are still available. But there's not a bad seat, and the tickets are $35, 55 dollars And or $99 for VIP, and the VIP includes um, her book, The Healing Soul of America, and being first in line for her to sign, and she will sign everyone's books um, that are purchased that evening and meet you and and greet you and spend time with you. So we're very, very excited. You just go to CSLDallas.org, get your tickets, tell your friends, spread the word so that the whole city is united. And this message that she is bringing for each of us, both individually and collectively, I don't want to, um, I know there are going to be people going, I wish I was there, I heard all about it. Be there. Don't miss out on this evening. Join me
1: and Reverend Karen Fry and um, those people who love America come on May 17th. We will see you there. Thank you so much, Reverend Fry, for being on the show, Reverend Karen Fry, um, for being on the show and for um, bringing Marianne Williamson to Dallas. And also, you can click on the link on my page uh, that says Marianne Williamson in Dallas to to the, and that will take you to the CSL Dallas page. Um, Thank you, and I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to PaulaJoyce.com, like us on Facebook, read my latest blog, and go um, purchase my uh ebook 33 tips for self-empowerment learn about my services including coaching speaking hands-on healing remote healing past life regression space clearings or to sponsor an experiential workshop such as overcoming abuse finding silver linings um, creativity and if you mention this show you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching which I do in person over Skype or on the phone when you work with me you get support guidance and healing from the spiritual Realm. The Archangels, Angels, and Guides of a High and Positive Spiritual Nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. And now I want to introduce you to Archangel Katrina Alehu, who's the Archangel of Hope. You can pray to her in addition to whoever else you already pray to. Um, Use your own words or say something like, Archangel Katrina Lehu, I give you permission in a positive way only to help me see all the reasons to be helpful. Ask her for help whenever you're feeling discouraged or hopeless. Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, new information. This is a process, not an event. As Reverend Karen said, she's been doing um, Be be loved for 10 years. This is an everyday, we do this on an ongoing basis. Trust that she's helping you become more hopeful because she is. Please join us next Thursday right here when Candace Covington will talk about using essential oils for personal transformation and on May 24 when Maggie Haley West will talk about her new documentary, Sick to Death. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom is designated by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved.